Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, June 25th. S&P futures are trading flat to down just a handful of points. So the futures got down to about 3,005 at one point. So essentially down to 3,000 around 3 a.m. They've since rebounded uh, back up to about 345. So essentially flat to down small. European indices opened in the red. They have since rebounded. The major European indices are up about 40 to 50 basis points. Asia, a lot of Asia was closed, including mainland China, Hong Kong, Taiwan. The markets that were open generally suffered losses. So COVID is a big area of focus this morning. A ton of negative news, a ton of negative commentary out, mostly on news that was in the market yesterday during trading. So really not a lot of major incremental um, numbers. Most of these were out, uh, you know, like I said, during the session yesterday. But the commentary is certainly very negative. You continue to see spikes in a lot of big states. California also is an area of concern. Florida, Texas as well. You know, huge population areas. Um, you know, Arizona and a few smaller ones are seeing big spikes as well, too. The national numbers are starting to creep higher as far as the national rate of change. It's accelerating a tiny bit, not a lot, because the tri-state area in New York is still, um, you know, is still very much contained. So continuing to descend from their apex. So that is offsetting what you're seeing elsewhere in the country. Um, and it's not just a, a function of expanded testing. That certainly is part of the explanation. Um, but you are seeing hospitalizations increase as well. And that's obviously not a function of just more testing. Um, so far, the governors in a lot of these states are not mandating wholesale lockdowns. Um, they are certainly getting more concerned. They're issuing admonishments. They're warning citizens to wear masks and practice social distancing protocols. Um, some of them are implementing certain rules. So Nevada overnight mandated that all citizens have to wear masks in public, including within casinos. Um, but so far, you're not seeing you know, a New York type of wholesale lockdown and I would imagine that a lot of your non-essential retailers will be loath to reclose their stores absent such an order. So, you know, Apple so far has been the exception. You know, again, retail is really not an essential core function for Apple. So I think for them to close stores, it's a much easier decision than, you know, someone like a Macy's where it's obviously crucial for the company. Um, so other than Apple, you have not really seen um, retailers reclose stores. Disney is delaying the reopening of its park in California. Um, largely at the urging of uh, government officials in that state. There has been a petition online for Disney to delay the, the opening of its Florida park. They have not made a decision on that front yet. And it looks like Disney will delay the opening of Mulan, um, which was supposed to be the, the biggest, the, the first major theatrical release since the COVID crisis hit. So, you know, clearly movie theaters are an area where um, you know, I think there, you know, people will be loath to gather. So Disney is considering shifting out the opening of that movie. Um, and there's been a lot of articles talking about how in states that are suffering with um, surging COVID numbers, you are seeing some of the high frequency economic data reflect a softening of momentum as a result of it. Um, there's been anecdotal reports about certain retailers, restaurants, et cetera, in those states, um, you know, seeing a downtick in business momentum. There was an article just talking about Yelp, um, in the, the amount of retailers and, and restaurants on Yelp in terms of the majority of them are still closed. And also talks about how a large portion of them are probably never going to reopen again, um, just given the fallout from, from the crisis. Um, you know, so I think it's interesting in Europe, the rebound in the European markets makes sense because you are not seeing a, a, um, you know, a relapse or a resurgence in COVID numbers in Europe. For the most part, all those countries continue to reopen and they're reopening um, without seeing a spike in cases. So if anything, you know, you should start to see a divergence in some of these markets. Now, obviously, Europe does not have super cap tech. 
So in the U.S., super cap tech is thought to be immune to a lot of the um, you know the COVID economic headwinds. And so if those stocks continue to trade well and rally, that obviously drags the S&P along with it. Um, Europe does not have that benefit, but you know, in theory, if this if these trends continue, you should see Europe have you know a a more robust economic recovery, perhaps than the U.S. does. So the European outperformance this morning, as far as buying dips, it makes sense to buy the European dip. Does not make as much sense in the U.S. Other than, like I said, people kind of make the um, you know make the decision that super cap tech is still very safe to own. Um, other than COVID, there's really not a lot else to mention this morning. No major economic data, no major central bank headlines, um, a few company-specific items, but really nothing super important. Um, I have it all listed in this morning's piece. Um, and that is essentially it as far as big news is concerned. Um, for the calendar today, I think the big events will be the jobless claims at 8.30. So, you know, again, we we had been seeing indications that these numbers are leveling out after um, descending meaningfully from the peak of several weeks ago. If you start to see another week of a flat to even up figure, um, I think that will create some more concerns that you are seeing kind of a flattening out and leveling off in this economic rebound um, that, you know, that we saw from the trough levels of April. Uh, you have a couple of earnings, Accenture in the morning and Nike after the close. And then you're going to get the bank stress tests after the bell at 430. Um, you know, there's a lot up in the air as far as formatting. This is going to be the most unique stress test process, probably since the financial crisis, just as far as um, the format, the types of information that are going to be released. It does not look like companies will give a firm declaration on capital return intentions today, according to media reports, although there's really a lot of uncertainty around that. So um, a Reuters article yesterday said the banks will not make their capital return decisions until Monday, this coming Monday after the close. But you're going to be able to kind of back into some of the capital return um, capacity based on the stress test figure. So I have a brief kind of preview paragraph in the in the piece this morning. Um, you know, again, I think investors assume all dividends will stay approximately unchanged with the exception of Wells Fargo. The market is pricing in a dividend cut at Wells Fargo. Buybacks are a bigger wild card. Um, it's widely universally assumed buybacks will stay suspended probably for at least one more quarter. So until the end of Q3, there is some uncertainty around what happens with Q4 buybacks. Um, you know, a lot of people think buybacks will stay suspended just for the rest of this year. Others think that um, Q4 could be a, you know, they, they could possibly get turned back on in Q4 if conditions allow. Um, so those are, I think that's kind of at the end of the day, what people are going to be looking for. There are obviously capital minimums that companies need to be above. So if you see any large banks, um, you know, kind of crash below any of those minimums that will that will be, uh, you know, clearly a concern. But um, so that's going to be that's going to hit at four thirty tonight. You know, I would imagine a lot of confusion initially. Um, it's going to take a while, I think, for people to really kind of sort through, um, the, you know, the underlying takeaways. Uh, and that is essentially it for today. Um, you know, my views on the on the broader market are still on U.S. equities remain, uh, you know, the same as before. Um, you know, again, I, I continue to think that the market is very complacent on a lot of issues. It's placing a very rich multiple on fully recovered earnings for 2021. Um, you know, I you are seeing kind of a lot of the pushback this morning from bulls who talk about, um, you know, again, the New York Tri-State area is still trending very well. That's positive. Um, people think that the stimulus bill that will be passed in, in July is going to be, 
even higher than before because of everything that's happening. That's probably a fair assumption. Um, you continue to have people that claim or insist there will be a vaccine by the fall. So you can ignore a lot of these COVID developments now. Um, and then obviously you have super cap tech, which is kind of a complete sector unto itself where people think those stocks, which dominate the indices are immune to COVID and you can buy them safely. Um, and if those stocks continue to hold them well, the S and P can't go down. Um, you know, I, I appreciate all those arguments. I just continue to think that, um, you know, as far as uh, on pure fundamentals, this market really does not become compelling the S and P until around 2900, um, as I've been writing about, and, you know, for, and like I said before, for people who insist on buying dips, the, the divergent trajectories of Europe and the U S, um, you know, would, would, would work in favor of Europe ostensibly. Um, so that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.